I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. Demands are a tool to be used sparingly, folks. Stayallday.com. Stay exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has, relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreAllDay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. For all listeners of the show, I got to make sure you understand what the next step is and what the next level is in working with me in this work on your game universe that I've built. This podcast is not the last step. This is only the first step. The next step for you is to join me in my Bulletproof Mastermind and in my third day mastermind at WorkOnYourGameUniversity.com. Let me tell you specifically what we work on. And those are both my group and my individual masterminds. First of all, we got to work on mindset. The biggest challenge that many people have, many of you who are listening right now, that is holding you back from the success and the outcomes that you want is not your tactics, is not the strategies you're using, is not a certain app or a certain process or any of that stuff that you think is the problem. The biggest challenge is your mindset because your mindset is what keeps you from seeing what you need to see and thusly doing what you need to do. And that's why you're not being who you need to be. So the biggest thing we work on in all of my mastermind programs, whether you're working in my group mastermind, or my one-on-one is we got to work on your mindset and your mentality and your approach. Once we get that down as the foundation on top of that, then we're going to build the strategies. Strategies are what exactly do I do? How exactly do I do it? Then there's the accountability, not only the accountability for you and making sure you're getting things done, but also the accountability of the process, making sure that the process is an accurate formula that is actually getting you to the outcomes that you want so that we can measure the results and how far you're getting or how far away you are. Then there's the execution and making sure that you're doing the same things the same way every time, following the disciplines and following the processes. You can join my masterminds and start working with me directly. This is the very next step. If you're listening to this show and you're ready to go to the next level, the next step is to go to workonyourgameuniversity.com. You can join my group, Bulletproof Mastermind, or you can sign up for a call by clicking the link that says one-on-one coaching and sign up for a call with me. And we can talk about working one-on-one in my third day mastermind. That again is at workonyourgameuniversity.com to work with me directly. That is the next step here. Mindset, strategy, accountability, execution, workonyourgameuniversity.com. My next Work On Your Game live event will be taking place May 5th and 6th, 2022. And this is going to be a virtual event, Thursday and Friday, full day events. And this is specifically for the thought leaders, personal brand builders, and entrepreneurs who want to build your brand, build your business, and you want to finally go full-time in your business to where you're at least making enough money to cover your expenses and pay your bills so that you can quit your job and do your thing, your entrepreneurial thing, 
full time. So this is specifically for those of you who are writing books, selling coaching, selling any type of training, you're selling courses, you're doing workshops, you're doing speaking gigs, live seminars, podcasting, and you want to start making a full-time income from that thing so you can stop doing all the other things and just do your thing full-time and you know the clock is ticking on you, this next Work On Your Game Live is the event for you. So I want you to go to workonyourgame.live. Notice that link, workonyourgame.live. And there you can see the details. This is going to be a two-day event we're on day one, we're going to cover mindset and strategy. As you all know, the foundation of everything I do, we got to start with the mindset and the strategy so that you know you're working off of accurate formulas that actually work. What are you doing in entrepreneurship? What business are you actually in? What are your frameworks in place? Who are you trying to sell to? Who is your target client? What exactly are you giving them? We're going to cover all of that on day one in addition to more things. And on day two is application and execution. We're going to talk about putting together your offers. When you're putting yourself out there to the world, how do you put it out in such a way that gets people actually excited about buying what you're selling? How being prolific and putting your name and your brand and your mind and your ideas out there to the world is one of the biggest things you can do to make sure you're consistently generating new leads. In other words, new people who are knowing about what you're offering and excited about getting it. How to name your price. Any of you who's having challenges with pricing and money and getting money out of people, I know exactly why you're having those challenges and we will solve them on day two of working your game live. We're going to talk about the human capital you have in place, meaning the tools and skills, the intangibles that you have in place, what you need to develop and what you need to go get from someone else. We're going to talk codifying your knowledge. How do you take the knowledge that is in your head, get it on paper, so to speak, so that you can actually transfer it and sell it to other people in a systemic way? We're going to talk about how you're making money because money is one of the biggest challenges for entrepreneurs here. And that's really one of the main outcomes that we want to get here is that you're making the kind of money that you want to make. You no longer have challenges with selling your products and you're no longer holding yourself back with your own negative money mindsets. All of that's going to be covered on day two, which is application and execution. So what I want you to do right now is go to workonyourgame.live. That's workonyourgame.live, L-I-V-E. Get your ticket for this two-day virtual event. That's a Thursday and a Friday. If you can't make it either day, we will have a replay available for everyone who has a ticket. That is going to be May 5th and 6th. I'm covering two full days, mindset and strategy on day one, application and execution on day two. This is specifically for the thought leaders, the brand builders, the coaches, the speakers, the book writers, the seminar deliverers, the speakers, all of you out there who want to make a full-time living from your intellectual property. That is the knowledge that is in your head. You want to turn into products and services that people can pay you for, and you want to do it full-time, but you're not quite there yet. I'm going to help you get there. I know the formulas. I know the systems. I have the process. You join me at workonyourgame.live. I will see you in May, and let's get to getting this money. Workonyourgame.live. You are now tuned in to the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, confidence, to put yourself out there boldly and authentically and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve is yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. What is that? That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of wait for things to happen. And then we put all this together to a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella, one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is demanding versus commanding. Yes, there is a difference between the two. We're going to explain what that difference is, why it matters to you, and of course, how you can apply it. Now, before we get into that, let me tell everyone that I have a daily motivation text message that I send out free of charge every single day to everyone who's in my text community. It is very easy to get in my text community. All you have to do is you already have your phone in your hand right now, so I don't even have to tell you to pick up your phone. All you got to do is 
open the messages app in your phone right now. And I want you to send a text message to this number. Text this number right now. 305-384-6894. Send a text to that number. And every day when I send out my daily motivation text, guess what? You will be on the list and you'll be receiving that text. A bonus to receiving that text, unadvertised bonus, is that you can actually respond to any daily motivation text that I send and you will be communicating directly with me. Ask somebody who is already getting that text and they will confirm that, yes, I do respond to text messages. So you can text me and I will text you back. The number again, 305-384-6894. Now, the topic here today, again, is demanding versus commanding. And yes, there is a difference. I heard someone make a distinction between these words. This guy named TJ Moe. I heard him on somebody's show making a distinction between these two words. And I liked his concept enough that I'm going to expound on it. And here we are. So when I looked up the difference between the two, demand versus command, outside of what I heard TJ say, I saw a lot of talk around demanding and commanding with regards to two specific things, respect and attention, that some people demand respect, some people command respect. Some people demand attention, some people command attention. And I actually talked about drawing attention to yourself. And let me pull up that episode so you can go listen to it yourself. That was episode number. Actually, we talked about it in a four-step framework for promoting your stuff and getting attention in episode 1760. But the one where I first talked about it was episode 1511, The Art of Drawing Attention. And there is an art to getting people to pay attention to you and in such a way that it doesn't look like you're trying to force it. Everybody know what I'm talking about here? For example, any of you who works in certain spaces, let's say something like coaching or consulting, is that, of course, you want people paying attention to the fact that you offer coaching and consulting, but you want to look like you're trying so hard to get attention to it because, I mean, if you were actually as good as you advertise yourself to be, then maybe you wouldn't be so available to be drawing people in. So there's an art to it to where you want people to be paying attention to you, but you don't want to look like you're trying too hard to get people to pay attention. And when it comes to respect, it's the exact same thing. You don't have to tell people to respect you. People should just want to respect you just by the way that you show up. So this is why, to me, When I looked up demand versus command, the two things that kept coming up over and over again were these two aspects, respect and attention. And they fit very well with what we're going to talk about here today anyway. So with all that in mind, let's get into it. The topic, once again, is demanding versus commanding. Point number one, in simple terms, to demand something means to require it. You're telling someone that they must do it, usually with some form of punishment as a repercussion for not following, while commanding, on the other hand, means to compel, meaning you are drawing it out of another person, whereas demanding is you are forcing it out of another person. And to draw something out of someone versus to force something out of someone are two completely different energies. For example, if someone's a boss at a job, any of you who's ever had a boss, a manager, maybe even a parent or a demanding coach or supervisor, they can tell you to do something that you don't really want to do, but you do it anyway because you know they have the power to enforce repercussions on you if you don't do it. Whereas a leader is the type of person who will ask you to do something or want you to do something and you will willingly do it. It it could be the exact same thing that the boss wanted you to do, but you do it willingly, not against your will, but willingly simply because you are so bought into this person and the way that they show up that you actually want to do something for them. You actually want to help them out. Again, even with the exact same activity that maybe you're not even that fond of, but because of the person you may be willing to do it. It can be commanded out of you rather than demanded from you. 
if any of you's ever gotten a you might have gotten a letter from a judge that demands that you appear in traffic court for this parking ticket that you got you'll do it why because for no other reason you don't want the punishment that accompanies non-compliance so this is what demanding means you do things just because you don't want the punishment that comes on the other side in other words your actions are being driven by your willingness to avoid pain your need to avoid pain and fear on the other hand if you ever had a like i said a really great boss or a really great coach or even a parent they had a commanding presence that makes you want to follow and listen to them so they don't have to push you to do things that will help you out or do things that will help them out you do them willingly you follow because you want to so demanding in short is something that is forced out of a person commanding in short is a choice that a person gets to make so this is the big distinction between these two items let's move on to point number two today's topic once again is demanding versus commanding the difference between the two and why this difference matters number two demands work in only one circumstance they work only when the person who is making the demands has a certain amount of fear or respect that they can garner from people and people fear the possible punishment of you know, what would happen if you don't follow the demands that are being levied upon you. That's the only time the demands work. Demanding is often and should be any of you who's ever been in a position where you needed to make demands. It's often a last resort tactic used when you have no other way of getting what you want. And it still doesn't always work. It's kind of like if you're in a, let's say you're in some type of dispute with another person, some paperwork type of dispute, and you're trying to negotiate with them, you're trying to work with them, you're trying to communicate with them, nothing's working. The last ditch effort might be you calling a lawyer and the lawyer sending a, what is literally called a demand letter, where you are demanding that this person respond. You're demanding that they pay the money. You're demanding that they take care of this contract. You're demanding that they show up to court. You're demanding some type of communication take place because nothing else has worked. Again, demanding is usually a last ditch effort. And even then, even when you do make the demand, you still don't always get the cooperation that you want, the compliance that you want. Some people, though, unfortunately, when they don't know the difference between demanding and commanding, they start off by making demands when they probably could have got things done and got a lot more done and got things done a lot more efficiently and easier, more easily, had they used another skill. But if they don't know, if they're not aware that there's a difference between these two, which is why I'm doing this masterclass so that more people know, they're not aware that there's a difference. They may just start off making demands. And that's a bad way to start communication with anybody. And to give you an example, one of my college coaches, he came in between my sophomore and junior years, and he came in not that he was saying things were demanding, but his style, his style of communication was very demanding, not in that he was trying to extract the best out of the players, but in that he wasn't looking for any form of negotiation. He was not trying to garner anyone's respect. He was simply using the fact that he had the hammer in his hand and he could swing that hammer at any time and knock somebody right out of their situation of being part of the basketball program or getting in the game or being respected by their teammates. And he just used that hammer so often he was more in a demanding mindset than a commanding mindset. In other words, he could not command the respect or just getting his players to buy into him. He couldn't command players to buy in. So in other words, he just used demand, demand, demand. And it's not that he was incapable of getting players to buy in. It's just that he never tried. <laughs> he just went straight to making the demands. And this is the point that I'm making here. Usually demanding should be a last ditch effort. But if you use it as your first thing, that's the first thing that you come in with. Usually that's because people don't know that there's another way. 
And I think this particular coach, I don't think he knew that there was another way. So demanding is often a last resort tactic. And some people, again, they go straight into this because they're unaware of their other options. Another problem with being in the demand mindset is that some people just don't respond well to demands. You can use demands really well on people when you have, again, there are certain punishments and repercussions that those people fear. Therefore, you can just use fear to drive and control them, at least to a certain point. And but the problem is there are some people who don't respond well to that. That when you try to use fear to move them to action, let's just say that they resist. Let's say they push back. Now they're putting you in a position where you have to do the thing that you're threatening. And if you're not really willing to do it or able to execute on it, now your entire facade falls apart. Some people just don't like being told what to do, even when you're in a position to tell them what to do. Any of you who's ever taken any classes on just communication, especially if you're in a leadership position, you know that even though you may be in a position to where you could tell everybody in the room what to do, there are some people who don't respond well to being told what to do, even though they do have to do what you tell them to do. It's better to ask them, even though, again, you and they both know that they need to follow your directions. Again, this is a communication soft skill. Any of you not familiar with the soft skills, we talked about that in episodes 1772 through 1776. That is a five-part series that I called the 21 must-have career soft skills. You don't know what a soft skill is. Those are the skills that you can't really measure with documentation, but they are skills like uh, communication tools and your ability to get along with other people and being empathetic. Those are soft skills, things that you can't necessarily measure, but they are super important. And it is very hard to replace them with a computer or an algorithm or a microchip. So those are skills that if you read between the lines, folks, those are skills that you really need to have as more and more computers and algorithms can replace humans at certain jobs, like the checkout counters at grocery stores. Soft skills can't be replaced by computers, at least as of this recording. So you need to develop soft skills. And these need to be the things that you lead with because these can't be replaced by computers. So go listen to episodes 1772 through 1776, and you will learn more about that and how to use them. So demands are a tool to be used sparingly, folks. You do not come in a room just waving around demands. You want to use these sparingly, not every day and not all the time, because even though you may be able to control some people some of the time with your demands, the problem is you're controlling them with fear. And as soon as they get to a position where they don't have to listen to you anymore, you will never have their cooperation ever again. And again, you want to think long term in your actions, not just what is expedient and what will serve you in the moment. Point number three, today's topic, once again, is demanding versus commanding. Commanding, on the other hand, as opposed to demanding, is based more on your energy and your approach than it is based on your authority or based on your ability or threat of punishment. It's about your energy, it's about your approach, and it's about getting people's buy-in. When people buy into you, you command their compliance, you command their respect. You command their attention, meaning they give it to you because you drew it out of them, but you're not forcing them to do it. Commanding is about your presence of who you are being as a person. That key word being, we talk about that in the mirror of motivation. Who are you being when you show up every day? That's going to be the determining factor of what you do, which of course leads to what you end up having. A simple difference between demanding and commanding, folks, is in the difference between being a boss and being a leader, as I talked about earlier here. A boss makes demands and people follow those demands because subordinates don't want to face punishment from the boss. A leader, on the other hand, can command compliance, not demand, but command compliance because others have chosen to follow the leader 
and want to do what the leader asks of them, even if there is no punishment looming over their head. They will do it anyway, just because they have bought into the leader. They have chosen to follow. I want you to notice that distinction because it's very important. Point number four. Today's topic, once again, is demanding versus commanding. Demanding is a status and title game. That's what demanding is all about. You're only able to demand when you have a certain level of status or you have a certain title that certain people have to follow. But not everybody has to follow your status or your title. Your title or status may apply to some people in the room, but it may not apply to everyone in the room. That's why it's a volatile game to play when all you're using is demand, 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 because there are certain people who don't need to follow your demands and certain people who just don't want to be demanded to do anything. They will go against you just out of sheer perversity and or because they just don't like to be communicated with in that way. So you got to understand that your demanding is limited by the number of people who actually have to follow behind your status and your title. As soon as you come across people who don't, then you're going to have a problem. And you get too used to using demands all the time with people. Eventually, inevitably, you're going to run into someone who doesn't have to follow your demands. And then you're going to be at a loss for words and a loss for actually producing results because they don't have to listen to you and you don't have any other skills and you don't have any other processes through which to communicate. I can give you a couple examples. I remember once I was up in Fort Lauderdale and it was this gym that I was going to. I wasn't going to this gym consistently. I went to this gym maybe two or three times total. So since I didn't have a membership to the gym, it was a basketball gym. And it was a gym where you would go and you would pay at the front desk. It was like $5 or $10 for the day you pay. And then you get access to the gym for just that one day. And this is like one of those neighborhood. It was like a neighborhood community center type gym. This wasn't like an LA fitness or Equinox or anything like that. So I go to this gym. I remember it was maybe the either first or second time that I went there. And it was these older women sitting there working at the counter. They were probably like my mom's age, maybe a little bit older, maybe in their 50s, maybe in their 60s. And this woman was, I suppose, I don't know this to be 100% true, but this is just what I drew as a possible for why the situation happened like this. I'm filling out the paperwork form and I'm giving the woman the form and there was something that either was missing or something that she needed from me or something like that. But whatever the situation, this woman started talking to me like she was talking to one of her children. Now, again, I told you that this woman is like my mom's age, maybe a little bit older than my mom. She was talking to me like I was one of her kids, but I'm not one of her fucking kids. And I had to check this woman and I told her, like, yo, and this is what I'm saying. I think they are used to having young kids come in there because I remember the second day that I went to this gym, I'm in the basketball court by myself practicing. And then some younger guys came in there and they started playing basketball on the other court and they were younger guys. So at this time, I'm probably 30 ish, something early 30s. These guys were like 19, 20 younger dudes. So I'm assuming that that woman was used to guys who were around that age coming in there. And maybe she was used to getting away with talking to them like that. But I don't get talked to like that. And I had to tell this woman, like, yo, I ain't no fucking kid. Like, you want to stop speaking to me like that? And she just basically got quiet. And no, I ended up, no, we ended up taking care of what we need to take care of. And I went in and used the gym. And I'm sharing that. And I'm just thinking of it as I'm talking about it now, because I think this woman was used to just talking to people like that and getting away with it. (laughs) But again, this is my point. When you're used to talking to people like that all the time, eventually you're going to talk to somebody like that who isn't going to respond well to it. And now what are you going to do? If you have no other tools, whether you have no other options. Give you another example. Years back, there's this building I lived in where my place, my condo had carpeting. It was carpeting all through the condo. And there was this carpet cleaner guy, black guy. He had his own carpet cleaning business. 
And he would come and clean a carpet like once every couple months. We called this guy. He would come and clean the carpet. Any of you ever seen a carpet cleaning machine? It's like this big machine. It's like the size of, I don't even know what size it is. It's like the height of a vacuum cleaner, but it's this big boxy thing. So you got to have it in this big van and then you got to like wheel it out of the van and you got to bring it up through the elevator. It, like basically takes up the whole elevator when you get in the elevator. And I remember meeting this guy outside. He wheels his big van because me and this guy was cool. He's a young guy. And he wheels it around and we're about to go into the elevator. And one of the security guards in the building saw me and this guy about to get in the elevator. Now, mind you, this is not this super big thing that's going to like bang up the walls of the elevator. It wasn't that big. It wasn't taller than a person. It was like it probably comes up to a, maybe about your rib cage. That's how tall the machine was and about a little bit wider, maybe about twice as much as your hips for a man. And the security guard sees us and he's like, hey, y'all, y'all can't bring that machine into the elevator like that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, well, to bring a machine like that in the elevator, you got to reserve the elevator and go through management and this and that. And I said to him, dude, all we're doing is wheeling it in there. He's going to wheel it right out. It's not going to touch anything. We're not going through management to have him come in. And besides that, and I also said to the security guard, I already paid this guy. So even if I was going to follow what you're saying here, I'm still not doing it because I already paid this dude and reserved his time. And he said, well, I'm telling you that you can't do that. And I said, well, I'm telling you that I am going to do it. And he didn't have anything. The security guard didn't have anything else to say. And he just no kept on. And he never said anything else to me the rest of the time I was living there. I remember I would still see him all the time whenever I would you know, go up and down the elevator. And he would never say anything else to me after we had that brief exchange. And there's another example of when you're used to being in that situation and people who work in these kind of jobs where they are used to having authority with almost everyone they come across, security guards, teachers. Those are the first two people that I'm thinking about, like this woman at this community center. Again, I think she was used to working with a lot of youth, a lot of people who are probably her grandkids age. So she was just used to just saying what she wanted to them and getting compliance. When you eventually run into someone who is not conditioned to comply and you don't have the commanding ability, all you have is the demanding ability. What do you do when you have no other tools? If you don't have status over that person and they don't have to listen to you now, you are like an asshole. Because you don't know how to communicate. See, commanding is something that anybody can use at any time. Uh, you don't have to know somebody. You don't have to have any status over them. You don't even had to run into them at any point ever before in life. It's just the way that you show up makes people want to follow. It makes people want to listen. Give you another example of example of someone doing it the right way. Back in, this is probably around 2005, 2006. And I wrote about this in my book, Work On Your Game. If you haven't read that book, it is right here. As a matter of fact, I just ordered a bunch more copies of this book. So if you haven't read this book, this is my 250 page book where I laid out the entire work on your game philosophy, where it came from through my story and how the philosophy exists and why it exists the way that it does. It's not a memoir. It is a business book, but I tell my story in there. So that's the closest thing you're going to get to a memoir for me, at least as of this recording. But anyway, I talk about it in this book. I was at LA Fitness in Philadelphia, Andorra LA Fitness. I don't know if it's still in LA Fitness now, but I was playing ball there one day. At this point, I'm probably about 23-ish. I just came back from my first job playing ball overseas. And this guy approached me in the locker room. We've been playing pickup all day. And me and him have been on the same team. He's an older guy. He's probably about 30s, maybe 35, 36-ish. So he's a generation ahead of me. And he approached me in the locker room. I'd never seen this dude before. I'd never seen him since. And I wrote about this in a book. And he basically gave me some game. He said, Dre, look, you're a good player, but sometimes you were coasting out there. Sometimes you were kind of not playing hard. You are talented enough to be better than most of these players on the court, but 
you know, you were sometimes, you know, not giving your best effort every single play or every single game. And I listened to this guy and took in what he was saying. And by the time I wrote my book, Work On Your Game, like 15 years later, I still remembered that exchange and wrote about it in my book. Not because I know this guy. Again, I never saw him before that day. And I never saw him again after that day. But he had a commanding presence that he had a way of communicating that I was willing to listen to him, even though I had no need to listen. I didn't have to listen to this guy. I could have said, well, fuck, you don't care what you have to say. But the way that he showed up made me want to listen to him. That's the difference between commanding and demanding. When you command, you have a presence and people respect you as a person, regardless of your title. I don't know what this guy's title was. I don't know if he ever played basketball anywhere that mattered. Maybe he was just a pickup game type guy. It doesn't even matter. It was his presence that made me want to listen to him. It wasn't his status. It wasn't his title. It wasn't his resume. It wasn't any of that. It was the way that he showed up. And that's what commanding is about. And when you have a commanding energy, you don't need to demand anything because people will just give it to you, such as attention and respect and their ears to listen to you. Like I listened to that guy that day. So all that said, let's recap today's class, which is demanding versus commanding. I heard someone make a distinction between these words. I looked it up and I noticed that the main things being talked about were respect and attention, two things that almost all of us want on some level. You don't want to have to demand it because, again, that can run short. You want to be able to command it, whereas people give it to you because they want to. Point number one, in simple terms, to demand something means you're requiring it. And while to command it means you are compelling it, you are drawing it out of people instead of forcing them to give it to you. Demand is force. Commanding is choice. Number two, demands work only when you have a certain amount of fear or respect from the people that you are demanding things of and people fear the possible punishment. And there's a challenge with this and that what if you don't have that, then what can you do? And demanding is usually a last resort tactic that people use when no other way works. The challenge is some people don't know that there's another way that works. So they come straight in with demands that usually doesn't work too well in the long run, even though it may work in the short term. So some people just don't like being told what to do. So even if you can demand of them, they're still going to defy you simply because they don't like the way you're communicating. Communication skills, very important soft skill that we all need to have. Point number three, commanding, on the other hand, is based more on your energy and your approach and is based on your authority, your punishment, or your status. Commanding is about your presence, who you are being as a person. A boss is a person who makes demands. You have to listen to the boss. A leader is a person who can command. You might need to listen to the leader too, but you do it because you want to, not because you have to. It is a choice and there's a huge difference between doing something that you want to do and doing something that you have to do. You will give more of yourself when you're choosing to do something than when you have to do it. That's something, a read between the lines point for all of you who are in a position of leadership or authority. And number four, demanding is a status or title game where people respect your status or title. But if people don't respect your status or title or they choose not to and you have no other options, then you like a dumbass because now you played the only card that you had and it didn't work. Now you have nothing else to go to, like the two examples I gave you. Commanding, though, you are not playing a status game. You are bringing your certain presence where you don't even have to have status or a title and people are willing to listen to you anyway. That lasts a lot longer and it's much more malleable and it can work in a lot more places, like the example that I gave you. So you, when you go out into the world these days, you don't have to have authority over anybody. Just the way that you show up will either command respect out of other people or it won't. Simple as that. All that said, three things for you to do. Number one, text me and get my daily motivation text. My number is 305-384-6894. I guarantee you it will keep you focused, sharp, and on point every single day. Number two, 
Subscribe to get my Bulletproof Bulletin monthly magazine straight to your physical doorstep. Yes, physical doorstep every month. I'll give you your first issue completely for free. After that, we'll send you a brand new one every single month. That is the deepest, newest game that I'm giving to everyone who has subscribed to my either in my mastermind or if you just want to subscribe to the magazine, go to bulletproofbulletin.com. And number three, join my university, my Bulletproof Mastermind or work with me one-on-one so we can take your game to the next level. I know you like listening to the show and you're getting value from the show. You're ready to work on your strategies to make sure you are actually working on with accurate formulas that will get you to the outcomes you want. Accountability to make sure that since we have a strategy, you're actually applying it. You're actually doing the stuff you're supposed to do on a day-to-day basis and you're working with formulas and processes and disciplines that will actually get you to do it and your execution of actually doing the stuff the right way is going to lead to the outcomes you want. Strategy, accountability, execution. Join me in my Bulletproof Mastermind. The way you join is by going to workonyourgameuniversity.com. So you got that? Text me, magazine, Bulletproof Bulletin, and my mastermind, Bulletproof Mastermind. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone free of charge. 305-384-6894.